It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. Today's discussion is going to be all about trauma healing generational trauma. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship, your story. With that, I have a special guest, Catherine Lewis. She's an entrepreneur, teacher, engineer, and cycle breaker, and she's got a fantastic story, and I'm happy to highlight her story for the guest. So, Catherine, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, kind of talk about, you know, we talked about backstage, but tell people your story and, um, you know, we'll delve into more of the specific questions. Absolutely. So I am the executive director of the Leon Foundation of Excellence, and we work with high school students. All right. So we work with young adults and high school students ages 15 to 25, and we help them heal intergenerational patterns of trauma. So an example of that could be if you were um, part of a family where let's say the grandfather was very abusive to your father and then the father did the same thing to you, right? Those are those generational cycles and we want those to stop with our young people so they're not perpetuating them as they move on through their own life, into their career and their partnerships. And we do that through an online curriculum and in-person programs. And we've been serving students for the past almost eight years now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I've been reading a lot about uh, just kind of, uh, I guess you could call it intergenerational trauma, but talking about just kind of how the energies of the um, ancestors are kind of passed down. And, um, you know, I see it in, you know, my parents' generation, my generation, you know, my kids' generation. So uh, talk about this idea of, um, what is intergenerational trauma? How does it get passed down? How do you heal it? Um, you know, kind of for the audience. Absolutely. So intergenerational trauma can be passed down through what we call epigenetics. So it's your environment. It's the condition that you're in. It's um, just the not only the physical environment, your home. It could be kind of the toxins that are around you, but it's also the behavioral environment in terms of how are we interacting with each other? What behavioral patterns are we demonstrating? And uh, there, we could go in depth on different things, but there are studies around, you know, children who are raised by parents, let's say, who may be overweight and then how that affects the next generation and then the third generation, right? We see these studies during depressions and wartime and we can see that those epigenetics will actually affect the physical body, but then we have the emotional side as well where there are these different patterns. So let's say that 
Um, my parents didn't allow me to cry or feel any of my emotions. And I had to suppress everything and just hold it inside my body through tension, through stress. And let's say I don't discover that feeling my feelings is okay. And so then when I have children, I perpetuate that with them saying, no, you can't cry. Don't feel your feelings. You're fine. Those kinds of things. Then that just replicates this pattern. There are many different ways to heal it. It just depends on what we're trying to heal in particular. But counseling, obviously therapy, those can be super helpful. Allowing yourself to feel those feelings, to grieve. A lot of times we hold sadness in the body and that grief can turn into and manifest as depression. Being mm -hmm. able to journal and talk through our past and really understand, you know, what was it that we were experiencing? How did it affect us? And then go back and talk to those who were upset with, right? And um, sometimes we interpret things as young people and they're not actually that way. I remember from my own self uh, that I interpreted my own family's behavior in ways that if I was an adult observing their situation, it would be like, oh yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily the best way to go about it, but I understand that they're stressed. I understand that they're experiencing their own feelings. And when you're a child, it can be hard to have that kind of empathy for the adults around you who are supposed to be nurturing you and caring for you. So it's working through these patterns and looking at the past and understanding how to release all those emotions that we can then gain the tools and the self-awareness to not replicate those patterns or try and reduce it progressively as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, you bring, bring in the genetics component. Uh, I never thought of it in terms of genetics, but, um, you know, I thought it was all just kind of behavioral traits, but, um, you know, I was kind of reading these two books simultaneously. One is psychology of wealth, but he's talking about these, um, kind of like, in my grandparents' generation who grew up during like the world wars. And so they were always, um, their mantra was, you know, the government, the government's going to save you, you know, social security. And then, um, then after that went away, like my parents, it was like 401k pensions work for a company for 60 years or get a, you know, become a professional. And then like our generation was nine 11 and 2008 COVID. And it's kind of like, you can't, trust anybody you can't depend on anybody which is really interesting and then the other book is this um um the body knows a score so where we, we we store trauma and patterns in our body and it's kind of like you know that's as we grow older we're like heavier and like kind of like my kids generation they're lighter and freer so um i'm not sure if you have anything to add to you know kind of storing emotional pain and trauma in your body, but, you know, I'm happy to elucidate that for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. I have read um, the second book, and so I'm familiar with that. <clears throat> I will say that for me, I can see that within myself, you know, as, as an example, when I get anxious, sometimes I'll scratch my head, right? And that's just a personal example, but we can look at how we store these things in the body, right? So maybe when you're emotional, you eat a lot of food, right? Or maybe you feel very lethargic and you just want to take a nap because you're actually scared and it feels like things are out of control and you just want to hide under the covers, right? It can manifest in so many different ways and it's going to be personal to each person, but it's important that we notice these patterns and we notice where are we getting tension? Are we 
having a concave chest because we're trying to protect our heart because we don't feel like it's safe to be emotionally open. These are all things that you want to be aware of in your body because it does. It holds on to these different patterns. And when we're young, we start to form the idea of how the world is. Can we trust people? Can we not? Is it safe? Is it not? Can I love openly? Can I not? And all of that is stored in the body unless we do this work to recognize, okay, I thought that there was a bear chasing me, you know, all throughout my childhood, as in the bear maybe being an abusive parent or something like that. And then you have to stop and look around and say, all right, I'm okay. I'm not in the woods right now in this moment. I am safe and I am okay. So what unnecessary feeling or what tension am I holding in my body that I can now consciously train myself to let go of? And it's through that process that we heal. Yeah, I love this idea, um, you know, kind of uh, this idea of letting go. And, um, you know, one thing is uh, talking about is, um, uh, but uh, the next question is talking about uh, pivoting into kind of taking your pain and making it into your promise and talk about like becoming an entrepreneur and how to pivot and excel in what you're doing now, you know, based on your previous pain. Yeah, that's a great question. So for myself, I had a pretty average childhood, but from my own perspective, I felt neglected. I felt like people weren't emotionally available or there for me. And I had a lot of feelings around not being good enough. And that manifested in um, me kind of asking my dad to leave my life at age 13 when my parents divorced. And so we were separated for 13 years. And it was through that time that I ventured out on my own to try and heal, going to therapy, reading different books, talking to people, finding mentors. And through that process, I thought, wow, I I wish I had a community that would do this with me, right? Where we were all healing and doing this work together. And I noticed a lot of my peers at the time, you know, being in high school, there weren't a ton of other people who were going through that process. I think nowadays, really since the pandemic, we've talked about mental health a lot more, especially for young folks. But at the time, that wasn't a hot topic. And I wanted to create something for other people who were struggling. So that way they could get exposure to new ways of thinking and know that they weren't alone in going through that process and could feel supported and even starting the process. Sometimes we're carrying around so much that we don't even know where to begin. And we just need someone else to catch us when we fall. Like we just want to break down into a puddle and we want to know someone's going to clean us back up. Right. And so that's what birthed this organization. And so you're so right in saying that a lot of entrepreneurship is trying to solve a pain point, trying to solve a problem. And that's where we get the energy and the passion to keep going because starting a company is really hard. I mean, we're almost eight years in and we're still constantly pivoting and trying to find our way and trying to hone in further and further on our correct audience and how we reach them, how we keep them engaged. And that's just the process of running a business. You're constantly refining. And so you've got to have a lot of passion behind that to keep going because it's really difficult unless you are so dedicated to solving a particular problem. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, um, you know, a lot of, uh, my colleagues, you know, they basically, they wanted to excel or because of, um, you know, their dad or mom didn't love them enough or, 
you know, they grew up without anything. So they, you know, their mantras, you know, accumulate as much as possible. So they never have to feel that way, um, which is kind of, um, you know, really interesting. It's all kind of all starts with balance. Um, and then one thing is you talk about, you know, breaking into tech. So kind of talk about, you know, your um, how you're using tech in your entrepreneurial endeavor. And we'll talk about, you know, excellence and leadership, but kind of talk about breaking into tech. Yeah, absolutely. So I have kind of a, a day job and a night job. And so my day job is working as an engineer at a tech company um, while running the organization at night. And moving into tech was a very interesting journey for me. I started off in business, became a teacher, and then moved into engineering. But the thing that helped me the most break into tech for my own journey was all of the emotional intelligence, self-awareness, uh, empathy and compassion, being able to relate with other humans and communicate well. So ironically, that was what really helped me get into the tech world, not so much um, the engineering skills. Of course, they had to be there, but those are things that you can teach people and you can help them learn. It's a lot harder to teach people how to be empathetic or compassionate or good communicators. It just takes longer and, and sometimes there's not as much willingness. Depends on the person, but that was yeah. an interesting journey that allowed me to do a lot of work that also is related to healing these patterns, but the patterns are more around uh, people with disabilities and helping them with creating accessible digital online worlds and how do we stop that pattern of marginalizing people and how do we you know support everyone and help everyone have um, access to opportunity and just the normal things that we all want to be able to do in life yeah and then now where we talk about this uh the disability talk about why the you have a particular passion for the community and talk about why the tech community needs to embrace the uh, disability community yeah, again, that passion comes from a personal pain, right? So I had a family member who acquired a disability and uh, had to go through that process. And you start realizing just how much more room there is to grow. So as an example, they lost hearing in one ear. And as we'd go for walks, let's say down the path, you'd have bikers that would just come up silently behind and just fly on by and not say anything. And so I started to realize, wow, they don't know that this person can't hear them. You can't see that, right? It's an invisible disability. And yet, if they just had the courtesy to always say, hey, on your left, then they would be okay. They wouldn't be so startled when, when people pass by. So it opened my eyes just to how many ways in the real world and then in the digital world, things are inaccessible and there's a lot of room to grow. Because I work in the digital world, I started looking there and seeing, okay, are developers following accessible principles? Are they checking before they launch and uh, code to production? Are they seeing if it is accessible for all different types of disabilities and recognizing gaps there and starting to mentor people in that area and reinforce standards and create checklists for designers and for um, product managers and for engineers and it's changed so many things. It's been really incredible just to see how many people are passionate about this. And so, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for engineers and designers thinking about accessibility before they create something because it costs a lot when we launch inaccessible code. Yeah, I love that. 
And then, uh, you know, kind of building on that, talk about building foundations of excellence and leadership starting in your backyard. Yeah, absolutely. So my philosophy is excellence starts at home, right? If we are walking through our own neighborhood and are unwilling to pick up trash, then why are we focused on, you know, doing something somewhere else, right? If we are not treating the people within our own home with love and kindness, why are we putting on a front to our colleagues or, or people out in public, right? Everything starts in the home. And then we can take it one layer deeper, which is everything really starts inside of us. And that's why we have to do this work and focus on healing the internal. So that way, every time we're having an interaction with someone else, it's coming from this place of love and understanding and the desire for growth, a desire to help and lift up one another. And so, yeah, whether you are an executive, whether you want to start a company, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. We're all humans and have the opportunity to be a leader and to create a foundation of excellence by starting in your own backyard. Mm, I love that. And then kind of talk about, you know, kind of coming closer to the end of the conversation, but then talk about the um, how to have better relationships and how to make new opportunities. Yeah, I have uh, my own podcast. It's called Opportunity Made, and you can find it on Apple and Spotify. And basically, I love hearing people's stories and just identifying how they created new opportunities for themselves. A lot of times we grow up thinking, well, if only I reach this point, if only I have that much money or I have that kind of house or I'm wearing those kinds of clothes or I live in that kind of city, then I will have arrived, right? And yet there's opportunity everywhere. Wherever you are, you have the opportunity to do good, to make money, to serve someone, to solve a problem. And so I love having conversations and recognizing how if we're just very intentional with our lives, there's a lot that we can do. It doesn't, you don't have to have a certain amount of resources or know certain people in order to make a difference or to have the kind of life that you want. So that's what I would say um, just around opportunity. And, and again, if anyone's looking to heal those intergenerational patterns, like pull out a journal, start writing throughout the day, what you're feeling, what you're noticing in your own body, the different habits that you have, like the best way to solve problems are to confess them and say, okay, I have an issue with this. I'm struggling with that. And go tell somebody um, who loves you and cares about you. So that way you can start recognizing the issue and heal some of these patterns. Mm, so well said. Um, so lastly, talk about this um, Leon Foundation of Excellence and how people can contact you, check out your work, follow you on social, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. We're on all, all the social channels at Leon Youth, L-E-O-N Youth. You can check out the website at Leon F-E short for Foundations of Excellence, leonfe.org. If you are a student who is ages 15 through 25, you can take our online course for free and it'll walk you through healing these intergenerational patterns. If you are local in Colorado, you can also reach out and take some of our in-person programs depending on the location. But if you're a parent of someone who needs some help, I also highly recommend going to the website and checking out our online course. Yeah. And uh, what a fantastic question, um, uh, podcast. And, you know, I love this idea of healing intergenerational trauma, the importance of it and starting your own company, making a difference. Um, 
all of Catherine's resources will be in the links and show notes and um, check those out, follow her on social. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for having me.